0: must have a code that you can live by, and so
1: become yourself, because the past is just a goodbye, teach your children well. Welcome back to the Eat, Say, Love podcast.
0: And we are the lox executioners. We're gonna be eating lightning and talking thunder and uppercutting you right in the ear holes Ooh. today. Our, our our guest today, he I know he likes boxing, so that's why I threw the uppercut thing. Love in there, it, Ross. Okay, that's why I threw the uppercut thing in there. Okay, okay. I'm on my game. I'm on my game.
1: Why the song?
0: Why the song? Well, a uh, couple things. We know he has has a lot to do, influenced a lot of kids in his life, and the name of that is teach your children. Uh, I got that song From one of his His One of his actual kids Gave me the song Oh so, Research Ross that's Research what I, That's what I do Okay this guy. Your job is to turn The computer on My job is to do research <laughs> And everything else Involved in a podcast You brought your notebook today you Got my a good and start Yes I mean When we had Tony on My, my one note said Piso <laughs> uh,
1: and, and at the end of it It said pizza <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I got a whole whole list of them that so. a boy. did your but, research okay good got good some garage start. doors open over here at the brick house you Got I the see? garage
1: doors open about all week didn't have them open yesterday but can I we've t- had all four open can I, here's days. how
0: what how another way that this has changed your climate there is it's it was 145 on a Friday two o'clock something like that and and then place is pretty full yeah that, that wouldn't have been like that
1: no no you know
0: a year and a half ago or what a year ago whatever you know pre-covid a year ago
1: right absolutely it's just a different different climate and people come kind of for a different reason sort of yep i mean the atmosphere is so different Mm but one thing i love you know we always talked about the brick the atmosphere of the brick house back in the day you walk in you never know who you're gonna see blah Mm -hmm. blah and it's still that way like i can walk in now i'm like I don't know anybody, right? You <laughs> know, they just, they're coming from other communities and things. And right. so it's just awesome to see.
0: Exactly. And it isn't just like, okay, we're full at lunch and now people are gone. Dinner time comes up and we fill back up. It's I mean, people are have drinks here on a Friday afternoon. And... and
1: that's the best, the best thing about the business so far is that there really isn't a dead time, Right. you know, back the m- best and worst <laughs> for you. <laughs> it was, you know, brick kind of busy for lunch. Right lunch crowd's gone we're dead from one thirty until supper you know dinner time yeah but it's cool people just hang out now yeah you know so it's awesome that's cool any any anything new with the uh with the, pro, with, the thun- at, with the thunderdome the thunderdome uh looked at a place
0: today kind of excited about it but as you know I don't want to get too excited about. Calm it. Calm down. I don't want to don't, get too don't excited. Don't fall about in it. love
1: too quick. <laughs> <All I are.
0: laughs> Looking at buildings is just like my regular love life, you know. I'm so uh, all hyped up about it, and then what next week wah, what wah. happened to that? Wah, wah, Got too wah. expensive. Yeah, it did. Hey, talking about, you, you were talking about eating. Well, you came in here eating French fries and,
1: and a Red Bull. <laughs> what was, I thought what was for sure you'd call me out. I just did. <laughs> you waited until we got on. on <laughs> uh, well, I went over there and they had too many tickets, so I just had to grab some French fries because oh, gotcha. I had my sugar. I, my sugar was going to low. I ate like crap <laughs> this week myself. Oh. I ate great this week until really? those freaking French fries I just pounded. I'm gonna and you a know, Red Bull. <laughs> you know,
0: a couple weeks ago I did that 72 hour fast. Yeah. This week I'm gonna try for
1: 96. You can do it, Todd. My doctor, you got my this. doctor says
0: it's dangerous. <laughs> something about I don't know glyco, I don't know your electrolytes and something like that. How,
1: how did you feel after the seventy-two?
0: I felt great. So that's how I know. I texted him, and I was getting ready to eat. The
1: seventy-two hours was about. I, up. Hold up, let's go back a little bit. You have a doctor. I mean, When's the last time you've been to the doctor, okay. like to get a checkup or anything? Mm. But you're gonna. I know it's forever ago, but you're gonna say I have a doctor. Well. <laughs> He you comes, have a doctor friend that comes to Pride that you text? Okay.
0: I've never actually visited him in his office. <laughs> I mean, the last time I went to the doctor, I think it was about 11 years ago, like for a checkup. Uh, but this guy comes to the gym, and then I just made him my, I got his phone number one day, and I, I sent him ridiculous. So it's my I,
1: texting I, MD.
0: So that's I did the 24-hour fast. I'm like, God, that's what I was going to do. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Not too bad. I'll do 36, 48. I'm going for 72. And then as I got ready to eat for the 72, I text him, my doctor. Yeah. And I was like, Hey, what do you think about a 90? Is that dangerous? Yes. Do not do it. <laughs> Electrolytes. And but you're doing it, it. He threw it a bunch of crap. Well, I'm gonna do it next week. I didn't do it that time.
1: Yeah. Do this time. But you are going to do it. Even yeah. though he professional, you your,
0: it was hard at first, but once you get your mindset, once I got my mindset, I was fine. you know what I'm saying? So, so right? what,
1: what were you putting in your body? Just water, uh,
0: uh, d- uh, uh, iced tea, <laughs> unsweetened iced tea and water. Gotcha. And that was it. So I
1: can can it, I you can do it, bud. You can do think. it. I like that. Don't like call me if you need a ride to the emergency room. There. <laughs> <laughs> call Don.
0: Anyway, as as the people have told us, they hate it when you and I talk, and they would rather. Let's get have to our, our guy. Guests. Are you as excited about our guest as yeah, I, am? I am? I'm not. You know what? Sometimes I faked it with some of our guests, and be like, you know what? I'm <laughs> so excited about this person. But, I'm, I'm pumped. He's uh, gonna have some good
1: stories. I'm I am so. I'm pumped. ready to hear You it. know what? no pressure.
0: I think we can, we never talked about this, but I think it's an
1: incredibly
0: influential guy in my life. Mine as well. Incredibly influential. I I can't, I was just talking about that today when I said the guests we're going to have on here. Totally. You know,
1: and not just um, in so many people's lives, so many kids lives. Insanity. Yeah.
0: It's insanity. So I'll I'll, now who we're talking about is, is Dan Smith and Dan was the, uh, the boys club director uh, at, Bethalto Boys Club director for years and years and years and years and years. And so my, the, the way he kind of influenced me was, so I moved here from, from Campsville, Illinois, yes. a town of about three, 400 people. Okay. So middle of my sophomore year, I'm like a country bumpkin. You know what I'm saying, and and Bethalto's always been kind of the preppy area, right? Okay. And so I'm coming up there. You can imagine what I look like. Oh, I you know what I'm saying. I'm camouflaged. My, my my hair is from like you know twenty you know twenty years back. Calhoun's
1: always behind. Always, always behind
0: the times. You know what I'm saying. We lived on a pig farm, and yeah. I'm coming down to Bethalto, you know, home of Whispering Oaks. <laughs> and so in middle of your sophomore year, everyone's established with their friends and things like that. I mean, and I came down and I. I knew it was going to be rough. You know what I'm saying? And, and people don't, like, the the one class at Bethalto was the same size as the high school I went to in Calhoun. So mm-hmm. it was like going to the city. I thought I was, I mean, some people that live in Chicago or some that might listen to this think of, well, Bethalto real big. But to me, it was like going to, it was going, like, moving to the city. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, Dan just kind of took me under his wing, you know, like. He knew our Uncle Mike, Mike Rethorn, knew him, and Dan just kind of pulled me in, made sure I fit in. He, you know, the the boys club had a group there he started called the Keystone Club, and it was kind of it's the, some of the cooler guys were in that, which, and, you know, he got me in it and just, I mean, he made sure I fit in, you know, like, introduced me to football coaches and the basketball coaches and things like that, just to, you know, he knew, he saw me and he saw like, that this kid was probably going to have some trouble. And you know what? And I was mad and raging back then because I didn't want to move. in the middle of my sophomore year. We just went to the state championship in football. And I'm moving the day after we went. (laughs) And I'm raging. I'm pissed. My parents had, you know, got a divorce. I had to move down here. You know, didn't want to do any of that. And I could have went a crazy direction. You know, I was already drinking a little bit at the time. When I say a little bit, maybe a little more than a little bit. And so, you know, I could have easily just went a different direction. I was getting into fights. You know, and things like that, and and Dan probably barely remembers any of this crap. You know what I'm saying? But but there's thousands of people that have stories, and I I can't. I I don't know where I would be without him. You know what I'm saying? So how's that for an introduction, Dan Smith? How you like that,
2: buddy? Oh my God!
0: (laughs) Welcome to the show, bud.
2: Well, after after you talking to your doctor, Moonbeam or whoever that was. (laughs) was your cult uh, go-to guy for your physical <laughs> fitness <laughs> and the fasting I don't uh, that's something. but that was quite an introduction and uh, not not needed or whatever. but a uh, pleasure being on with you two guys. And just real quick, the things okay. you were going over earlier i've talked to a lot of people since you've reopened and done all your renovations this place the brick house in fact i was talking to somebody last night about it it's uh probably the best thing in the area i don't know any places in edwardsville or alton that would even be close to what you have here ross i mean and todd it's it's really unbelievable we love it as thank you know. thank you we're, we're up here it now. means a lot i saw his wife here
0: yesterday <laughs> yeah as i was eating my burger
2: and we'll be up here tonight but <laughs> no it, it really is and a compliment to you guys i i'd have never thought that you could do this it's it's awesome thank so you. anyway thank you uh that's just
0: on your earl- little earlier discussion and
2: uh that's where i'm at yeah
0: So we're going to get down to just, you know, like I said, we're just having a conversation about your life. It is your, what what was that old show on back in your time? This
2: is your life.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't like when somebody comes on that has a better voice than mine, Ross. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm in a face for radio, but a voice, voice for it too. I was going to say, do I look okay? (laughs) So Dan, so you, uh, born in Peoria, correct?
2: Born in Peoria. And thank you for the intro music. Mm -hmm. My favorite band of all time crosby stills nash and young um loved them grew up with them my college years you know with them Mm -hmm. if you know what i mean and it was enjoyable loved it
0: so peoria now how many how many kids in your family dan 12 12 12 yeah he was number 11 i was 11 whoa
2: nine boys three girls um my dad always wanted a baseball team, <laughs> so so he. Your dad always wanted to do something. So he. <laughs> it's an old joke that my brother Bill, who was number two, would tell anyone who would listen. Uh, he said, uh, "My my father held my mother. He put her on a pedestal, mm-hmm.
0: and put her somewhere."
2: He they he would say. <laughs> You have to, to keep him away from her. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, yeah, one of 12 kids and, and, uh, yeah.
0: Now you guys, you were on a, in Peoria, but you grew up on a farm. Is that correct? Well, for a while, early life, early life,
2: uh, born in Pottstown, which is right outside of Peoria, a little bitty town of maybe, I mean, little Mm -hmm. 70 people. Mm -hmm. So we lived there, um,
1: 14, um, of yes. Fourteen of them were the Smiths. Yes. Fourteen of them were the Smiths. Well,
2: I never thought of it that way. But anyway, we, we lived there and, and uh, 12 kids at home. Here we go. My dad died in 1953.
1: Now, now how old were you? at
2: I was a week shy of being three years old.
0: So you were three. Your dad dies with 12 kids.
2: And my little brother Wally was one. So we're wow. all home. He's building a new house at the time. Uh-huh. We mom loses that; she loses, loses that house. The house. Then she loses the house we're living in. Um. So in '58, uh, she it was like, "What do I do?" You mm-hmm. know. So she mo- we moved into public housing in Peoria like Southside, like
0: the housing projects.
2: It is a housing project, and it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Uh And to my brothers, uh, because it was in the heart of Peoria, uh and man, I went from a two-room schoolhouse with (laughs) first through fourth grade in one room, Uh and fifth through eighth in the other, to a grade school, kind of like you were speaking of earlier, Uh to a grade school with probably a 1,000 kids. Wow. So it was like, whoa, what is going on? But uh, loved it. Loved it. And Boys Club. So I'll stop and I'll let you ask
1: questions. And you graduate pure Manual? Me? Man- it-
2: well. You're not asking me.
1: Absolutely, manual he's Ram. A, he's a Ram baby for uh, for life. But if anyway, you, yeah. If,
0: if you're friends with Dan on Facebook, you know Peoria Manual Rams. That's the only yeah. way I know the mascot is just just from him always yeah. talking about it. Yeah, so I love what, my Manual Rams. So what what was what was the project like there? I mean, it was it the was project a rough area. I mean, was it was it white? Was all it white? white. Was it mixed? All, all white. white.
2: You name it. We had um mexicans italians polish we the gamut we really did Mm -hmm. and uh it wasn't the most peaceful uh project but compared to Mm -hmm. you know nowadays oh lord no it was i loved it Uh, i grew up there and loved it it was uh quite quite a interesting environment
0: now how so how old was the oldest sibling whenever you moved into the housing projects oh well we moved because does in- everyone live was there total of you moving into the projects no no okay no
2: probably six <laughs> wally danny mike diane barb dick johnny just moved out so
0: six of us i think mm-hmm. seven yeah and when you hey like right now like oh only like six or seven just because you went from 12 is only six or seven true
2: my next door neighbor our next door neighbor had 18 in their family the youngs my best buddy in life my best buddy in life chuck young who i lost about five years ago uh, there were 18 kids in his family, and they had in our apartment building. They had three apartments that they, they used all three of them. So, <laughs> and you know the funny thing was, um, my mother of course was single, mm-hmm. uh, but like the young family, the father worked, and the father worked at Caterpillar. You know, mm-hmm. which anyone in Peoria, where yeah, do they it's want big to in work? Central Illinois, yeah. Caterpillar, you know, unions mm-hmm. and such. But uh, yeah, it was,
0: uh, it was a great place. So, moms struggle a lot. I
2: mean, oh. if you would say Dan Smith, who's your hero in life? There's mm-hmm. only one. There's, I mean, there's many, but one, the superior is my mother. I don't know how she kept her sanity. To be frank with you, and she was a she was a warrior. What? she was, she, <laughs> she was tough. She had to be with nine boys. She put up with nothing. Mm -hmm. i mean here's the rules don't break them and that helped (laughs) when when i had seven older brothers who you know they'd look at you and say did you disappoint mom i'm like oh lord well that was a smack in the face or you know yeah i won't go into it too much but yeah so she was
0: she had it all together Mm -hmm. now sports i think you excelled in sports there in peoria yeah
2: <clears throat> i showed up i guess you would say yeah i played uh played well, baseball you're all state football you're st-
0: <laughs> all state pure all state chicago more tribute, than showing up yeah, okay? i mean yeah. <laughs> i showed up you and you were all state yeah. Uh, well yeah i uh the funny
2: story with that about with mom um uh i was a sophomore you went to junior high just like it used to be here seventh eighth ninth grade you went to junior high Mm -hmm. And then starting your sophomore, junior, and senior year, you went to manual, the high school. And so the sophomore year was my, my, you know, uh, first dip into that pool and started off with football three days, okay? And it'd be seven 7.30 – then 1 o'clock, and then 7 at night, and it was brutal. I mean, it just was. You hear all these old guys talk about, oh, when we, for the most part, they're not kidding, and we never had just, oh, we're just going to go in T-shirts and shorts. They had a la- laughed at you and said no. So anyway, it was the first week. They called it Hell Week. First week of practices, and I came home like the third day, I guess it was, and I told my mother i i'm i'm done i'm not done she just kind of sat there and Mm -hmm. i guess she analyzed and she looked at me she said you know i understand she said because it takes a man to you know to go through those kind of pains
0: (laughs) she reversed psychology and she (laughs) she mind messed with me
2: (laughs) and then there was no way i wasn't gonna go back so so that was kind of the early thing and i enjoyed I love football and just love playing it. Loves all kinds of sports. Love basketball. I was a good rebounder. A round mound of rebound, were right, you, Dan? Couldn't shoot very well. I could shoot free throws. Couldn't shoot very well, but man, I I could position under a board with anybody. <laughs> and and I used
0: to foul out real easily. but... Uh. So, but um, but so i like that you you're all state first team all state yes the chicago tribune i read that yeah, yeah um so you go go on to college to play uh football went
2: on to college uh at elmhurst which uh had i had i number one my academics weren't the greatest and i'll be the first to say that because uh, either no or to- either Todd's. I mean, Todd's yeah <laughs> no excuses it's just it is what it is and um yeah, went on and played. Um, then mom got sick. I went back home after two years. Uh, man, this has been a while. And then uh, kind of stayed around the house, helped take care of that situation. And um, working at the boys club, going to school. In Peoria. In Peoria. Mm-hmm. Bradley and, and uh, got a call from the regional office in Chicago. And I had known this man. I had been going to boys' club seminars for for boys' club kids since I was probably 10 or 11. And uh, he, he said, hey, there's a job opening down in southern Illinois that you might be interested in. And I said, I'm going to school. And he said, I know, but you can go down there and go to school too. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, where's it at? Well, he named it. I didn't. I couldn't even pronounce it. <laughs> I said, "What, you know, what the hell's a bathalto?" I didn't didn't know what it was. <laughs> There's a couple stories go along with it, but
0: so I came down. Well, I, I heard you had to get a haircut. I heard you come down here showing up. Now I've done my research, Dan. I heard oh you come down God, here. Where'd you get all this I I heard you come down here looking like a hippie Dude. and they made you cut your hair to get an interview. Is that true? That's really really what happened, boy? I heard you got two haircuts, honestly. Okay, to be honest with okay that.
2: <laughs> So, so I I tell my regional director, I said, "I'll go down for the interview." And he said, "No, they're not supposed to offer you." Okay? So, don't worry about it you know you'll leave there if they're interested they'll give you a week i said okay so i drove down here almost killed myself on the way down because i spun off a 55 into a ditch no kidding looking down at the map for a <laughs> so anyway going come into town they set it up i go to the meeting with them for an interview and there's i think nine board members Wonderful people, I love them. I, they made my life really what it is. Um, so I had a meeting, and I'm sitting on this on my right side of the table. Then here's one on my left. Mr. Bob LaRance is sitting on to my left. Mr. Les Waters to my right, and then the other members. And I'm sitting there now, mind you, when he. Before I came down, they said, you may want to shave and cut your hair. It's mm-hmm. probably down down about my shoulders. shoulders. Yeah. So I'm like, where are these people from? So, <laughs> <laughs> the cornfields is where they're so, from. <laughs> so I went, did that, did that thing, came down for the interview. Bob and Les are sitting there. Now, as I, they're interviewing me, these two in the middle of the table, I didn't know what, what it was for was a Folgers can and they're sharing it as a spittoon
0: <laughs> during the interview
2: one would pull it to him and spit in it then he'd put it back and I'm like holy! what have I done to myself you know but so that was it okay interviewing all oh, great you know great this and that mm-hmm. and so Louis Dreath uh kind of ran the thing ran the interview and uh, so Louie, he, who is was, was chief, chief of police, of police right. and very influential, one of the many reasons I came down here. And Louie was... In, what, what job title is this for? This is for the executive director to be the first director of the Boys and Girls Club, And, and right, that's what Club. you were for
1: years, correct? Yes, for so you, so you almost came 30 right. years. That, okay. That okay.
2: I walked right into that position. Okay.
0: 1972?
2: So, 72. March of 72. So so Louis, they say to me they all leave the building come back in and they said we want to offer you the job I'm thinking you're not supposed to offer it for a <laughs> week so I said well let me think about it and I'll get back to you I wasn't going to commit and so as we're leaving the next morning Louis puts his arm around me he's walking me out to my car and he said now this is where you belong we could really use you down here, and blah blah blah. And uh, just one, only one request we'd have of you, Dan, if you would, for you before we come back, if you'd get a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about passed out. I, I thought could it get any shorter? I don't. So I said, you, okay, you. Because you got it
0: cut oh, for the interview, I you thought you got it up regulation.
2: Yeah. <laughs> He thought, I, I don't know what he thought, but it wasn't short enough. Um, <laughs> How old were you? 21. Wow, wow. 21 years old, yeah. And so um, so that was my introduction to Bethalto. And, uh, you know, I, I was at home for a couple weeks. And my mother and, and uh, ended up being my stepfather. Who my mother met in nineteen fifty nine and refused to marry him until all of her kids were out of the house Wow it's my mother yeah. <laughs> so in seventy three when my only little brother left, they got married and hmm. retired for twenty years
1: down in kentucky so uh but anyway, it was interesting. So you, you go back home, and you said you're home for a couple weeks a couple until weeks. you just thinking about it. They gave you that much time? Thinking about it. They did. They did. And, and uh,
2: I, I, you know, I was telling my mom and my stepdad, Curly, I said, I don't know. And Curly, he, he was about to retire from Caterpillar after 40 years. And he looked at me, and he said, what are you doing now? I said, well, I'm. I'm working and trying to finish up school. And he said, can't you do that down there? Well I thought, well, I guess I could, you know, move away from everybody I know, mm-hmm. which didn't really bother me too much, you know. So so that's what I did. I called him up, took the job, came down here, and have loved every minute of it since. I really did. really did. Uh, one 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 thing, about two months after being down here, I get a call from my regional director, and he says, how you doing? I said, I don't know. I think I want out. Uh (laughs) He, He said, what's the matter? And I said, well, I said, where I come from, number one, kids don't have bicycles. And number two, these kids are all riding 10 speeds, and they roll up to my club and throw them on the ground. And I'm going off on them. And he said, hey. They need they need your help or your guidance or your, you know, influence as much as anyone else. And I thought, Well, he's right about that, I guess, but so
1: anyway, is it that, was just is a that, different is that, environment. Is that where the the bike rack came from? Yes, <laughs> it's still there, I think. Is it, <laughs> oh, is it still there? I, so, I remember it as a kid. I mean, so, it's, so you, you you
0: where you came from, people didn't have bicycles. No, and you, so you come down here, and these kids you we know, you think we're spoiled, or you know, and and they not only they have bikes, they have ten speeds, which is the Cadillac yeah. of bikes back then. And not only that, they just came in and threw them down and Bingo, were more appreciative. So Bingo, yeah. and
2: they're for the first um, only real the first summer if i walked outside and saw a bike on the ground it was a you
0: know how go about changing that well, Bring,
2: oh <laughs> if your bike's laying out on the ground get out <laughs> no uh, seriously i mean that's yeah. you know you have yeah. to respect your building and respect the property and if you can't do that leave
1: yeah
0: well, what and in- like him you know, talking about the bikes, like we always remember from Dan, he was always super nice, always kind everybody. But then when it was time to not like like Patrick Swayze from Roadhouse, when it was time not to be nice, you know what I'm saying? He,
1: he was a nice guy. Well, you were scared of Dan. Uh, I remember one time being a kid, and you know, you, when I was growing up, you you guys all got to go to the club. Right. Until how old did you have to be five or six? Six. Six, yeah. Yep. So I remember, I mean, it just ate at me. And um I remember that well with you. <laughs> so <laughs> it tore me up. But Austin and Ma- and our parents bought the school uh, the school next to it and started doing the apartments. Mm-hmm. I I thought this was this was the this was my world. So this is my Super Bowl. Austin goes and talks to him. And so I would go to I was half I was in I think no it was before kindergarten. So I would you know, they ain't paying for a babysitter. No. Austin's up here every day working. I'm shipped <laughs> off to work with, with Austin. Uh-huh. Austin goes in and talks to Dan. So everybody would be at school, Dan would let me come in and play basketball while Austin worked.
0: And so you'd just shoot baskets just, all day. I'm just
1: playing. Lakers, Bulls, full court. All- <laughs>
2: and he did, too. That, it was. That's Whenever I'd hear the ball bouncing, I'd, well, Ross is in here. You know, yeah, yeah, sure is true. That was
1: – as a kid, one of the greatest memories. Well, your, your backyard was becoming
0: a full court basketball. Yeah. I, mean, yeah, I mean, as much as you guys, you and Tyro loved the
1: basketball. But I I remember early, being six and getting to finally be a member and going. Mm-hmm. I remember one day, you know where his office door was, right. you know, and this is where my my first like you don't piss Dan off. <laughs> oh. And and uh, I th- we weren't picking up our basketballs and putting them, you know, over there, and the door swings open, and you know, are all. Balls just everywhere in here. We're walking out the door. See you later. Someone else can get them. And Dan let us have them. <laughs> hey, the basketballs were put up for now on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But yeah, we, you, you, you learn real quick. You don't yeah. make Dan
1: mad. No. You know, no.
0: and and he it, ran a tight ship, but it was great. It was great lessons learned. Absolutely, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's,
2: well, you know, the way I was taught uh, growing up at my boys' club was that uh, you, you you know real real simple little things like five or six rules i used to have them posted uh respect the property respect the equipment respect the staff respect one another if you can do those things you're a member and we love you yeah you you can do anything you want if you can't do
0: all of those things i don't want you in here Uh, so (laughs) you know what one thing kind of expanding on that so one of the most nervous i've ever been training people okay i've trained lots of people i've trained professional athletes and different you know blah 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 so this was ah, two three four years ago i'm training the alton high baseball team okay (laughs) and dan's son nick was an assistant coach on the alton high baseball team yeah so i'm training the whole we let we had like almost close to 30 guys down to Thunderdome training. And so uh, I think Dan actually texted me to ask if he could come and watch, you know, his son's team training down there. And I'm, of course, you know, of course, of course. And dude, I remember him coming through the door as I was getting ready to train them. And I've been doing this a long time. Freaking professional, right? You know, I'm trainer of the year, I'm Sam trainer of the year, right? And Dan Smith walks in to watch me train these kids. And I was, dude, I was so nervous. Come I, on. I, I don't remember, I'm not even kidding. I don't remember ever being that nervous, like training anyone yeah. or just doing my job or anything like that. Just because, you know, he was such an influ- influential person. And then, yeah. you know, and Dan was the authority around back in the day. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So him, and, you know, and it was, I wanted to, I, this sounds corny now, but I wanted to impress him with yeah, what I absolutely. was, you know, showing yeah. him the, hey, look, look what I can do now. So, man, it was, I felt like I was like interviewing for a job by doing the training i remember that day and i
2: don't remember you acting you know like you were intimidated or anything else well, i was faking it you <laughs> ran a pretty tight ship i know that
0: i know that <laughs> really baseball tight, really tight that day, <laughs> real tight that day <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah but that yeah I, i'd i i'll never forget that him coming in there for the first time so boys now the boys club was pretty small back when you when you started like there wasn't a whole lot of members right i mean the the people running it was basically just the board members would come in and just take turns opening the door each day right?
2: yeah they opened it i think it was two days a week Mm -hmm. for like three hours a day or whatever four hours maybe um my boys club was open six days a week and it was open from the time school lit out until nine o'clock at night and so that's what we did, obviously, and uh, to be a full, ch- full what they used to call a full-line boys club, you had to have 100 members, paying members, and I think they had, they had reached that number somehow. I don't mm-hmm. know, but uh, we had our um, certification for Boys and Girls Club, I think it was June 1st of that summer, so we had like three months and I think we ended up with like over 300 kids by June 1st. So it was, it was great. It right. really was. I don't know if you guys were in that old building at all, but man, it was, it was, it was
0: tiny, right?
2: The it was, place. Wasn't it an old church? It was an old church an old and a small church. Very small, but you know, you could shoot at one basket and hit the ceiling normally mm-hmm. you know if you had any arc on it at all uh so a lot of kids learned to shoot flat if you, you know you know yeah. what I mean? mm-hmm. and then the basement downstairs was our ping pong tables pool tables and we used to we had tournaments all the time i because kind of, that's the way i grew up at my club that's that's what you did mm-hmm. and uh so that's what we did we tried to keep it and and it was great you i know, can't
0: imagine a hundred members being in that oh. little building we,
2: I really think, we probably average 70 to 80 kids a day, which is a lot, like you just said, a lot of kids in a in a building the size of a big car. You know, that's, that's about <laughs> yeah. what it was. But it was great. Um, you know, my first employee was Mike Rethorn, that's Uncle our, Mike. Our
0: Uncle Mike, yeah. Then
2: I think second or third employee was Kathy Wilson, the new director, or the director at the Boys Club right now.
0: Boys and girls funny thing club. I, I I called Uncle Mike today to yeah. talk to him about to talk to him about Dan. Ross, how long do you think I was on the phone with Uncle Mike Redmond?
1: An hour and 15 minutes. No, it
0: was it was about 43 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it went everywhere. It was good talking to him. Yeah. So he was he he worked for you at the time?
2: Yes. Love yes. Mike. Uh, love he's a great, Mike. Great guy. The thing about Mike and, you know, uh personal things, you know how they when things grab you they grab you well you know his his parents uh the health was not real good and mm-hmm. i think it was wasn't it his father kenneth was the oh, sick one sure. very and uh so i knew that uh having tried i i helped the football team uh that first summer try to run a camp warm which that was really something but and mike was on the football team but uh his i found out his parents weren't you know so he graduated and was going to siu and i found what was called a work study program there where they would pay for it if i would employ them so we employed mike and he was yeah he was i love
0: him he said he said in that that season that he worked with dan like coaching football he said he learned more then than he did his entire football high school football career
2: yeah but he <laughs> he he did a good job. He used to joke with me if I remember it was mike um we'd talk- I'd go out and watch him practice and you know all he did was run <laughs> and I, I told him you guys got a hell of a track team, but you got pads on you know. <laughs> Got to key one another up
0: every now and then. So, did, did you ever stop going to CM's football practices and what? Because when I was in high school, you were you were used, sitting up there in the stands. I love it. I he, love it, did, Ross. Every practice, Dana be sitting up there yeah. in the stands. Maybe not everyone, but a lot of them i I still drive over today just to kind of yeah.
2: see what they're teaching the linemen and see yeah. what see if they you know
1: the techniques. How, how many years did you coach? Because you coached um, quite quite a bit, right? actually nine straight.
2: years i think yeah. eight or nine years yeah over there yeah. loved it in the playoffs seven of those eight years yeah yeah had some great kids man
0: and, now that's what like when nick, great team that's when your your boys nick and Corey played nick and Corey, but i started before them mm-hmm. i started jason
2: when was a quarterback and i can't remember all the other oh uh
1: whipple and todd's team really needed you <laughs>
0: know, it was year. Uh, my first year, my my senior year was Reinhardt's first. Oh, okay. year as the head coach. Yeah, yeah. well, me and Brian Lowen, me and Brian Lowen, oh, the captains on the team. Love. Oh <laughs>
2: man, but you got you two guys were special. Seriously, I mean, a lot of love for the for both of you. But um, Reinhardt kept. <laughs> I don't know who sicked him on me, but he wouldn't quit. Every time i'd see him hey you, i'd like you to coach would you be interested in just coming out and you know reinhardt is. <laughs> and i said well you know we'll see finally I, you know i thought you know I'd, I'd love to do it of course i would um uh, so i went to my board of directors and i said here's the deal They're, he's wanting me to coach there and blah 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 but i've got if i'm gonna do it i've got to be there when the kids are there and every day they've got to be able to depend on me, or I won't do it. And they said, "Well, no, you'll be serving the community and whatever, and do it." And I loved it. Mm-hmm. I I really did. Loved every minute of it. There's nothing like the playoffs and just getting ready to, to Friday night lights. to battle. Oh yeah, it's great.
0: Um. So uh rewinding back a little bit so how many how many years were you in that little small facility before you guys moved to the uh the present day boys club? 72
2: to maybe 80.
0: seven or eight years gotcha seven
2: or eight years Yeah, gotcha so
0: you moved down to the new facility uh, and that's that's like a regular it's a full-size gym oh it's great yeah. yeah how did that yeah. come about
2: well uh i had approached the town bo- or the the school board um, a number of times Mr. Balsters, I think his name was uh, and, and the other board members and I said you know you vacated that facility over there it's just sitting there and uh, we could use it as a boys and girls or a boys club at the time and they said well you know they weren't sure they wanted to do that and so took a little behind the scenes people mm-hmm. you know the Louis Dreaths uh the mayor and different people saying boy that'd be nice for the community so uh with all that said then they said okay we'll give it to you dollar a year for 25 years well it's a pretty good deal so so we took it
0: so moving over there is when you really start expanding everything basketball leagues and that's when you guys had baseball everything yes yeah yeah and um so like after a few years of moving in there, how fast did it grow? What were you guys up to? Oh, Lord. We were over 500 at the old club, at
2: the little club. <laughs> we were over 500 kids, and, and we were running any kind of a program you could run. Um, you know, it's funny because the as a kid growing up in a club, the classes or the, the programs that I got into that, you know, you'd think, you enjoyed that i got into our photography club at in peoria i learned to take pictures print pictures uh Mm. literally the three stages of printing a picture and how you do that and then uh cooking classes we had a wood shop we had a you know just yeah had all kinds of those things boxing that's how i got into boxing
0: you're now you're Uh, boxing the golden gloves no no not
2: golden gloves silver gloves now, I don't even know if they still have that silver gloves not for girls it's just <laughs> silver gloves were from I think you had to be uh eleven to fifteen. Golden gloves was sixteen and right, it was just an age but by the time I turned sixteen, you know I was in high school and I'm playing football and stuff, and I was like, I don't have time for that it mm-hmm. was the training was about the same time and I just I had to work to help mom and Right. you know that's not a bad thing todd, yeah. todd did some boxing
1: in college did you right? <laughs> yep oh he beat up his whole fret his whole fret <laughs> house I, do, I don't think they let him come back afterwards <laughs> uh,
0: okay anyways, come, on. For, that's, that's day, <laughs> come on is that a true story that's for another day come on is that a
1: true story
0: a little bit a come little on. bit partial, yeah. partially yeah. true
1: and then, so, I, I think he he won or how many people do you have to fight in a row uh like eight like eight <laughs> he's a freshman <laughs> he wins this and i think he kind of got a big head because then, then he stopped paying his dues <laughs> but still kept showing up like well, he was part of the fret <laughs> we,
0: we we had a lock we had a lock in at the fraternity house okay and that when i was a pledge okay and they said hey, what, what what fraternity uh, delta chi okay and so this was up at eastern illinois and so they 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 say hey you know the actives that live there in the house like hey let's have the pledges box And from don't you love actives, (laughs) but the time I, the boxing part I did from a little kid, we always had boxing gloves at our house. I loved it. I always had a punching bag. If I didn't, if our punching bag broke, I would make one. I would take an old duffel bag and hang it from the garage rafters. I was, I just loved boxing and kids that came into my house. They had to box me all the time.
2: My punching bag was my little brother Wally. <laughs> uh,
0: I tried that, uh, AKA Ty. Ty. <laughs> I tried that with Ty, but it didn't go. After breaking a couple bones, that was enough of that. And so they bring out. We're we're having this oh, this lock-in at, at the, the house, and they bring they bring out the boxes. How these pledges box?
1: And I was like, oh man,
0: this is this is this is right. My GPA might not be that good, but my <laughs> right hook isn't too bad. So so they bring out these gloves, and you know, I start out. I, I pound and I, I pound. Pound a pledge And I pound another pledge And a couple more And so the actives Are like Oh who does he Think he is, is this p- Think he is Coming in So then the actives Throw the gloves on It was it was mostly The ROTC guys Like the Like the marines yeah, The army oh, guys yeah. were there. And so I Man I just dude, I didn't even Take the gloves off For like eight, I, It was eight or nine dudes And just whammy It's my
1: proudest It's my proudest moment, My proudest story Of Todd's so, Makes me real proud
0: <laughs> The worst part is That Ross is Uh talking about is like I, we didn't have a lot of money, and, and and mom is not giving me money to be in a fraternity. You know, so, no kidding. So I just stopped paying dues after that. After the <laughs> boxing, after I went active, I just stopped paying dues.
2: You <clears throat> earned your money. Yeah, I
0: did. I I thought I was the meat now. You know what I'm saying? I was, I was the, uh, the I could strong arm it. You know, so and they would <laughs> they would not want to ask me about paying them. <laughs> We'd be at a function. You know the guy that the, the guy that would collect the money like a oh, secretary. Yes. He was always the nerdy accounting mm-hmm. major and they'd always send him up to me and we'd be like at a sorority <laughs> house for one of the functions like hey Tom, um you know you know uh you know your dues haven't been paying for you know like the last seven semesters and <laughs> dude i'm i'm all filled up on keystone light just giving him a heisman in the face and,
2: all it so, took was a look
0: anyway but,
2: yeah <laughs> well just one real quick boxing thing and here in bathalto of course we had boxing at our club we had about 100 kids at my peoria club that boxed and so down here somebody gave me two sets of boxing gloves well what am i going to do with them Uh i'm going to put them on somebody (laughs) (laughs) so so anytime kids out in the club got in a scrap oh that's awesome i think i heard
0: stories that was before my time but i heard those stories i cleared the gym Put them on, put them on. Whoa. whoa. No. You're fine.
2: Ask Bubba Rance. Ask Tim.
0: (laughs) Did he have to put them on? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did Bubba win or lose? And I told him, well,
2: depends on who you talk (laughs) to. But anyway, I told him, I said, okay, here's the deal. You fight till I get tired. You understand. (laughs) So, here, okay, let's go. And these two start, and neither one of them wants to throw a punch. No, of course not. And... (laughs) They're about 45 seconds into it, and they're both breathing so hard. <laughs> if you've ever boxed, it's the nerves that get you. Right. It's You're not, not the physical a, exertion. It's, it's adrenaline, the It's adrenaline dump. It's exactly that. It's mm-hmm. exactly well, they're both hyperventilating. Right. <laughs> so anyway, I let them go for a while until they could hardly <laughs> yeah. do a punch. And I let them stop, and I said, if you ever draw down on somebody again, we won't. We won't. I said, okay, good enough. But last, real quick, Tim's story. Tim's Tim know, Yeah, Bubba. Tim's in there, and this at the old club, and he's—I don't know what he is—thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. But and he's probably the size probably the size of a oh, twenty-five-year-old. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's two sixty <laughs> probably, and he's grabbing in there. You know, uh, uh, come on, box me, box. I said. No, I'm not going to buy. Come on. Oh, you're afraid of me, huh? Come on. I said, Tim, Tim don't. Finally, I said, okay. Okay, let's go ahead. Put him on. (laughs) And I just kind of jabbed him in the belly real quick. And he, ugh. (laughs) And I didn't mean to hit him. I mean, really hit him. But it was just kind of instinct, you know. And I hit, I give him an (laughs) (laughs) uppercut.
0: so after the gut shot yeah, i'm like oh what
2: I?" tim and he's going
0: okay okay so then,
2: okay Tim." don't you yeah. wish
0: we could settle more disputes like that, oh. that there'd be a lot of, a lot of less trash talking on facebook wouldn't there <laughs> It'd be like you said let's settle this with some gloves rather yeah. than, than comments right
2: that, that always kills
0: me these facebook tough guys yeah it just
2: yeah. absolutely kills me
0: yeah, and, you, and you put them in front of somebody and they're not saying a oh, word oh, you uh-uh. know uh-uh uh, yeah, it'd be, it, you'd get in a lot of trouble if you did that today. You threw oh out some boxing gloves lord, and fight till I get tired. Oh my <laughs> lord!
1: Yes, you would. Or as, or, or as a twenty-five-year-old, you uppercut a sixteen-year-old. <laughs> but but he, again it, he, and
2: he just—he wasn't the only one. You know, Hop Prangy. Oh yeah, that was.
1: Well, yep.
2: Hop's was Mike Rethorn. Mm-hmm. They were buddies. I mean, best friends. Uh, and and uh, Hop went away to to Carbondale. He comes back after his freshman year, and he's talking about how I boxed everybody in the, my dorm, and I was killing them. And I said, well, you know, that happens. You know, you <laughs> kill people. Come on, put the gloves on. I said, <laughs> I said, Hop, I, I'm not going to do that. You know, somebody's mm-hmm. going to get hurt. Come on. And uh, Hop is even worse than Bubba. I mean, he's just so antagonistic. Yeah. I said, don't. Here I go. Look, somebody else could have whipped my butt, but not him, and not that day. So, so I just hit him one time with a good left hook, and he—it was his jaw swelled up, and I said, "Oh, Jesus!" And, and I knew his dad who was the president of the bank uh <laughs> held the note to the club <laughs> and i'm going oh no i you know I hope i didn't step in it but anyway
0: but back yeah, in no, that so day they probably thank you for that what well, hey <laughs> yeah, Todd, probably
1: so that doesn't sound like you came home bragging to dan about your victories well no i should have I <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: hey though
2: let me tell you a real quick story on boxing and and you learn real quick i was probably 13 and i was like a little tough guy i you know i could handle myself i you never had a lot of older brothers <laughs> yes <laughs> that'll do it yes and and i never really seriously went looking for a fight i just that wasn't me we were we were kind of trained out of that you know mm-hmm. but whenever the, we had a new guy coming into the, our boxing club uh wayne benedict was his name he was our coach he said hey smitty i got a kid coming in i would you mind going around with him or a couple rounds i thought sure because <laughs> i knew he wouldn't put me in with you know uh-huh. john tate or something and uh i said sure and i said who who is it and he said little kid right over there and i look over and here's this little four-eyed kid freckles all over and i'm like oh come on <laughs> oh uh-huh. please yeah <laughs> You know, it's like I've got that mentality. It's like, I'm a lion. He's waving a stake in front of me. Right, right. This kid proceeded to beat me <laughs> like a, he had the fastest hands. Now I was a plotter, you know. I, I hit you one time just to hit you the second time. This kid, it was like machine gun. Exactly. And every one of them pinpoint. Yeah. Boom, boom. <laughs> And uh so I went I one or two rounds with him and and uh Benedict says to me, says, uh it's not bad, is it? And went, Yeah, thanks for for inviting me. <laughs> <laughs> Kid just beat the living crap out of me. Yeah, it
0: was fun. It's a it's a great learning tool, you know. So you moved so after you guys moved over to the new facility, I mean yes. it, Started all the different programs. Now the, the big one that, that I was involved in and Ty, were you, Ross, were you in the Keystone Club? No, it was the Keystone Club and like the Torch Club. Yeah. Now how did that come about? Is that that's their national programs uh-huh. through
2: Boys Clubs of America and, and and forgive me when I say Boys Club because it's now Boys and Girls Club, but at the time it's Boys Club. And uh, their national programs and uh, Torch Club was for kids eleven through fourteen. And Keystone 15 through 18, and uh, uh, we had clubs like that back in Peoria. As I was a young guy, um, they I don't the Commanders and something else, and we did things like that. But you know, I've got St. Louis right here. The whole St. Louis. I mean, I've got the Cardinals. I've got the football Cardinals. I've got you know. Uh, uh, the Billykins i've got right here so you know i thought let's do that so we started talking to kids hey you want to do that and then one of them one time said hey why don't we go to the national conference i saw we're there and i said well let's go so it was it was awesome some of my best times
0: and what was so great about the keystone club is you get it and we'd have meetings and you learn how to
2: are we going to tell all
0: the stories? Well, we're about not. The we're we're going to skip one trip. Okay. We're going to skip one trip. Thank you. <laughs> Go ahead. The infamous Pontiac, Illinois Go trip. <laughs> we'll skip that Bingo. one. <laughs> so, but what was great is like, you know, kids would join this and one, you'd learn how like a committee or a group or a club worked and then, you know, you'd fundraise and you like, you know, most of the kids in, in our group. We did so many things we would, like, none of us could have ever afforded to do. You know, we go to the Illinois-Mizzou game every year. We'd go, you know, just, just got to go around the country and just see things that we, you know, I remember going to my first NFL football game, uh, went and saw the Colts play uh, mm-hmm. in the Keystone Club. And so many people got to do just kids got to do things that they never ever would have had the chance to do if it wouldn't have been for that and we and we you know we learned how to fundraise how to you know make money you know we do different things like how we'd earn the money to go do these things you know we worked for it it was fundraising but we worked for it
2: and and a big part of that and i always felt it was important was the academics Mm -hmm. if you didn't have the grades right like our national conference you know we took as many as 14 kids there at one of them and uh If you didn't have the academics if you weren't a c averaged out to be a c student no f's if you had a d you better have a b to balance it out and whatever um that seemed to work and it really helped and there's one kid now he'll go nameless and i love him for it he missed two national conferences because his grades were just weren't there Mm -hmm. and it killed me not to let him go i mean it it did but his senior year he hit it. We went to uh, to Los Angeles, and, and he made it, and he was so
0: proud of himself. And uh-huh. I was proud of him, you know. Um, one thing about like the Keystone Dan Dan's always had some swagger about him, right, Ross? Yeah. I mean, look at, look how he's dressed now. I mean, he's he's always <laughs> oh, he's always That's, as cool absolutely. as the other side of the pillow, right? Always. And so, like in the Keystone Club, we would have jackets and shorts and jersey, and dude, they were always cool. Uh, always. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. like like back when like, when I was in high school, like flying a lion eye they were, they were huge and they were successful. And so our jackets were these bright orange, which seems, seems cheesy now, but they were cool back in the, and you'd wear that to, you know, school or wear it around. And you, you were somebody with that, with the, you know, that Keystone stuff on.
2: man. And I would hear that all the time. And just a real quick (laughs) note. We went to, I think it was San Francisco one year. We went to LA, but I think it was a San Francisco trip and we're flying out there. And, uh, um we're on the plane huge uh, like a 777 i mean it was huge and uh when we get in all the kids it became this became an annual joke they would tell the stewardesses they'd say oh because we'd all have our colors Uh on who are you guys with (laughs) And, of course, a couple of them go, oh, we're a boxing team from, <laughs> that- <laughs> from southern Illinois. So I'd get back to my seat and uh, 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 students would come over and say, uh, oh, uh, what town is, do you represent when you guys box? What are you are you boxing out here? I, like, <laughs> <laughs> like a Brian Lowen. I think he it was, feels like it was Lowen. Brian would say, uh, Brian would say, uh we're fighting at the forum tomorrow night <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like oh my god so so we're ready to land i think it was in la and and the uh pilot comes over the intercom <laughs> now we want to wish good luck to all those young men fighting tomorrow night and mm-hmm. the <laughs> and the people on, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're all cheering and like <laughs> And I'm like, oh, get me. We were a hockey team one year. We were a um, a rodeo gr- group. I mean, they'd come rodeo up with clowns a, would be more yeah, that would have be, that would have. But
0: but just crazy stuff like I, I, you that. You know, and I don't know how you did it, going on in all those oh. trips with oh, us. <laughs> God, oh man. Speaking,
1: speaking of Lion Eye, me, me and Dan are both huge Lion Eye basketball mm-hmm. fans. so We always talk about it and everything. Do you remember? Were you still a member of the club when he painted the Lion Eye Chief logo on the wall? Yes, badass. Yes, yes. that's like still a, there. You know, is yeah, it still, still there? there? Yeah, that round, the, the perfect, round, yes. yep, the chief. Yeah, like I, I remember. I remember him doing it, and then once he gets done, I'm like, "It's the coolest logo in the world." I'm an I'm an <laughs> Illinois fan now. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I've wanted to go
2: back
0: up and redo it for him. I really yeah. have
2: because I love that logo. I, love I just think that. It's sharp. It's yeah. intricate.
0: Mm-hmm. You know. You know, there's there's a lot of a lot of kids that Dan's touched and things like that. And I mean, there was I was really close. We talked about Brian Lowen, one of my and, and the Lowen family was a big. I mean, it was Brian, Brent, Brad, Bart, Brett, and Angie. <laughs> yes, this giant group. And yes. you know they had they had some some home issues. And you know Dan just kind of he took them under his his wing and you know they got a lot of the like the things i'm talking about going to see in other cities and doing things i mean the the low ones they would have never got to do that and they've all turned out super successful you know very but there's a story. one time we're in a hotel room and 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 brian i think it was brian never experienced room service before so dan tell me tell him a little bit about i can't really remember how the story Uh, went
2: we're in dallas texas and their first trip, if I remember right, so we had just gotten in in fact, we were still laying our luggage down, and they had given us a suite and I mean huge I mean mm-hmm. this was nice, so we're all carrying luggage in, and I'm trying to make sure like herding chickens, all the kids and the doorbell rings, and I'm like, "Oh, so somebody grabbed the door brian Brian yells, "I'll get it." <laughs> Here he goes, almost running to the door, and he opens the door, and
0: there's a guy standing,
2: standing with his hand up, holding a tray with a ice cream bar on it.
0: <laughs> one ice cream. He's got a tray with one ice cream sandwich. <laughs>
2: and Brian says, "How much is that, sir?" And the guy went seventy five cents. <laughs> and he went ahead, and Brian took it, and I said, "What are you? What are you doing? We just walked in here. He had called room service the minute." we walked in the door now we're there for four days (laughs) every day two or three times we'd hear the doorbell ring (laughs) and everybody would just ignore it and brian would go over and this guy by about the second day was looking at him like i'd
0: strangle it and i I know brian the guy was getting exactly 75 dollars. not a penny more yeah Yeah, that was,
2: that was, uh, that was something else,
0: you know, and just talking about you touching lives, you know, just a couple of the people, I just reached out to a couple of my friends who I knew knew you and like every single one, I'm like talking about how influential you've been. And, uh, I reached out to our buddy, Mike Kirby was one of them and he was talking about, uh, about his dad needing a heart transplant in like back in like 1982 and you rallying the troops and, and, and fundraising and, and. Getting him a, a a new heart, got that in 1985 wow. and lived till 2006. Wow,
2: yeah, a special time uh, for me too. Um, Marge, his uh, Mike's mom, came into the office one day and said, uh, "You got a minute?" And I said, "Sure." She said, I "Have a seat." And I I don't think I had ever met her before. She and she said, "I'm Mike's Kirby's uh, mother, and Bill's my." husband who i had met he was in the jc's and told me the story he's gonna have to have a heart transplant or he's gonna die i mean it's just a fact and i don't know who told her (laughs) go see dan smith because he (laughs) that's what he does is raise money and i'm like (laughs) you know and i took it as a you know like thank you but i you know i don't raise that kind of what kind of money are we talking I'm, I'm trying to buy basketballs yeah. that's it that's it yeah. and i think it was two hundred and fifty thousand what they needed to send him to palo alto california uh just to be looked at to see if he could get a transplant there so anyway so long story short i committed to her to See if we could put a community group together representing all the different entities of Bethalto, and we did. And man, we had it! It was really the most spirited thing I've ever seen in this town ever. I mean, the JCs, the Our Lady Queen of Peace, the Lutherans, the. Uh, um, Optimus Club, the Rotary Club, all these clubs that were in town then, every mother's group you can think of, every VFWs, American mm-hmm. Legions, we had them all on our committee, and we just attacked it and started. And I think, <coughs> I think it took us about three months, and we were right at like two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Wow. So Mr. Pratt said. You know, I talked to him and he said, I'll fly him out, you know, so we saved money there. So he flew him out, failed it. They wouldn't do it, said we can't do it. (laughs) And we're like, "Uh." now to tell you how bad Bill was, if Bill went stood up and went to that door from right here, he'd have to stop. He'd have to just stand there because he couldn't breathe. So. It was a terrible thing, and he was a young guy. He was in his forties, I believe, and uh, and of course we knew Mike so well. That's you know what killed just killed me. But anyway, so we ended up uh, contacting St. Louis. Now most of, most of that's on Marge. She's the one that was man. She was a bulldog, and St. Louis said, "Let's go. We'll give it a shot." So he got the, I think, in number eight. I know I'm right. Number eight transplant in st louis ever so uh and like you said he lived for 20 yeah, years 20 with plus it and, years yeah and uh man never
1: regret a minute of it that we has a badass story right one of my favorites ever told on. you
2: here. know ross we had uh i contacted the big red and jim hart came over and i got to meet with him and dan Deerdorf, and so we held a um auction no uh a telethon and Alton, if you remember, Alton had their own TV station. That's where Mike Greeth worked. So we held a telethon on their TV station. It was local. And uh, I think we raised probably $20,000, 30000 just from people calling in, donating. And we called it Have a Heart, Give a Heart. And Jim Hart was our spokesman. Which Jim Hart is the former
0: quarterback of the St. Louis Cardinals.
2: Correct. And so then we talked. I was talking to... Uh, dan Deerdorf. and he said well he said uh uh i'll i'll speak anywhere you want me to speak so one of our friends on our committee was a lutheran and they have the eight association the lutherans and they said we'll put a banquet together if you can get a speaker
0: got him <laughs> dan and D- and Deerdorf, he played for the also played for the st louis cardinal football team hall of famer i think correct he is mm-hmm. and uh
2: we raised the the cool thing about that was whatever money we raised there, they would the Aid Association for Lutherans nationally would match it. So we raised forty thousand, and they matched wow. that. So it was uh it was quite a time. So Mike Kirby, you've he you
0: know. he told me also to ask you about blinker fluid.
2: No, <laughs> just a typical trick. <laughs> My, if you know mike <laughs> mike's kind of a nodhead, um no a great nodhead, but um he, he was just a, a kid at the club high school kid and we're in our red van going somewhere doing something i don't know and and uh pulled into the gas station at <laughs> the conoco it used to be conoco's and dick and bob were they owned the houseman's owned it and uh So we got in, I'd filled up a gas, and when I got in, I said, did you get the blinker fluid, and Kirby's riding shotgun, and he's like, what the hell, I said, we're out of blinker fluid, (laughs) and he said, blinker fluid, I said, yeah, and as he was getting out, I said, make sure it's the red, okay, don't get the green, (laughs) so he goes in, and I'm dying, all the kids are like, what's he doing, (laughs) so he goes in, and I see Bob. (laughs) Bob Hausman, who had no sense of humor. Oh, sorry, Bob. Bob's in there, and I saw him look, <laughs> looking out at the van, stretching his neck like, who in the hell are these people?
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: so Mike came out and went, yeah,
2: thanks a lot. <laughs> just,
0: yeah, just funny little thing. Right, there. right. Yeah. Right. Um, now, I heard you met your wife while you were on a date with someone else, and she was on a date with someone else. <laughs>
1: Who'd this, you do your research with, pals That's why Ross keeps me around. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> is that
0: true? How'd that come? That about? is true. Now Martha's <laughs> from here. She's Martha's. She's, from she's a Klein, okay? Yeah. And, and Klein, so, now Kleins—they had the There was an old store in Bethalto that was around for a thousand years. Kleins. And and everybody it, knows the Klein family.
2: So if you grew up in Bethalto in the, let's say, from the 20s through the 70s or even 80s, mm-hmm. I think. You knew where Klein's store was. Well, anyway.
1: 90s. Yeah. You're, I'm still going yeah, you're to probably, I was in elementary. Route. Well I had there. to pick up my
2: newspapers when I had a paper route. <laughs> you're exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so no, no. I was out on a date with some gal, and, and uh, m- my buddy was Phil Randolph, who was quite an athlete here in Bethalto. And his wife, Lana Randolph, who's now Lana Marmino. You know Jim Marmino. Mm-hmm. It's his wife, Lana. And uh, she and Martha were great friends. I didn't know Martha, never met her. But anyway, we're down at, uh, we went to a dance down at the uh, um, Wood River Moose, good band. And I like to dance. I'm a dancer. I'm a light on my feet, you know.
0: Well, I mean? <laughs> that, that's subjective. <laughs> you're okay, <a> quiet, maybe. <laughs> hey, hey you dancing's like you're boxing. You're a plotter. Where a, a plotter. minute. plotter. Well,
2: no, that's true. So anyway, we we're, we're I'm wanting to dance and the gal that I took with me, she's like, "I'm not I, I don't know that I like to dance." and <laughs> What would what, we come here for? Right. You know? And I'm looking at Lana and and Phil and I'm like this and they went Lana went, "Hold on." So she goes over and Martha's with somebody and they did, she, he didn't like to dance either. <laughs> We danced. I mean, we danced it, probably every dance the rest of the night. Hey Ross, so,
0: they're still dancing. They're still They dancing. might be dancing at the Brick House tonight. They so how long be. you guys have been Never. together? Oh.
2: Well, we've been married for Don't do that. Well, uh 46 years, I think. 46 years? Yeah. Mhm.
0: Yeah. And you guys are always like you always see them out. They're always, always together. It's like always. you guys are just not any married hey, couple we, like best we, we, friends.
1: You, you took your bathroom break earlier. He, uh-huh. called, he called and checked in oh that's cute no because she's
0: sitting over there <laughs> she's sitting <laughs> over there when are you gonna be done she told
1: me she said no before
2: i came in she said how long is this like 15 20 minutes i said honey i, I have no idea okay well anyway she'll be all right she'll be all right, be all right. she <laughs> yeah. runs the place don't <laughs> kid I, I, yourself but I, anyway I get
0: that. now you guys two boys nick nick, nick and corey, and Cor- now, yeah. corey uh Corey is, I think, Sam's age, our brother Sam's oh, age. Oh, yeah, they grew yeah, I mean, up didn't together. Didn't they play, like, on the Pirates baseball oh, team God. together Pirates. back in the day?
2: Yeah. They, they, you know, that was the funniest bunch of kids, I thought. And, and Greg Tobin, God rest his soul, was just a wonderful friend, and I miss him every day. But he, he was their coach, and he had Corey, when they started coaches, I mean – players pitch cory i want to pitch okay go on up there so cory goes out to pitch one day and i'm standing back here and greg's talking to me and cory rears back and and he was oh i don't know if he's listening big fat, and could
0: throw <laughs> got
2: an arm on him Corey, those, Corey
0: was a little chunky monkey a, back in the day a little so
2: this little kid at the plate he throws Throws one, and all he heard was "bing" off the top of the helmet. This little kid <laughs> and I'm like, oh And I'm th- wanting to run out and help the little guy. And well, Greg trots out to the mound, and Greg talks to him, and Corey's like this. So when it's over, I said, "What did, what did Greg say to you? What did Coach Tope said?" To and he said, "He'll get over it." <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, stick, stick it on the uh, the, the the pirates of, baseball and, and, oh and pitching man. and Sam. Uh, so one time, <laughs> this is in the boys' club league. Uh, Ross, I was and, a terrible
1: baseball player.
0: R- R- Ross Let's and Sam, Ross and Sam's teams were going to play each other. Okay, mm. and so we were all sh- we were all going to the game. The
1: whole family's going to show up but, for this. But I'll, I'll give a little insight. I was one of the oldest kids in my class, so all my friends were still in coach pitch and I got bumped because of my age up to the The older kids. Yeah. And so I'm playing with kids that are a year older than me. It was all my team and we were the worst team. We were terrible. Never won any games. I was, so this is later in the season, you know, the pirates were the best. They're, They're two years older than I am. And I'm playing against I'm hitless. The only way I get on base is a walk or getting hit. Okay. And that's, I hated baseball because I, I just hated it. It was slow. It wasn't my thing. I was basketball. I wanted to be playing basketball. Parents made you play, whatever. Oh, that's
0: so, funny. so they, and Sam, Sam's a pitcher and he was pretty, Sam was a good Sam? pitcher. He yes, he throw, was. He, he could throw. throw the ball. Yeah. And so <laughs> Sam's super nervous about now, it. Now,
2: wait a minute. Okay. You'd never if you said something to Sam, he just kind of looked at the ground and went on to wherever he was going. And
0: was I'm Sam. not sure he's a lock. See, he looks him. like us, but <laughs> I love
2: him. He was a good kid. So
0: I tell, being being the great big brother that I am, I'm going gonna, gonna to mentor the kid a little bit. I said, listen, because <laughs> he was like I said, he was nervous because he knew he's got to pitch against Ross I Hey, listen, there's only one way you can come out of this ahead. You got to hit him. Don't pitch to him. Just hit him with the ball. We'll be talking about that forever. Remember when Ross went up and sam "I'm just plunked him." I go, "Cause listen, if you strike your little brother out, who cares? You yeah. struck your little. You're nothing. He's picking on your little brother. if he gets brother. a hit the kid's hitless. He can't hit the broadside of a barn. I go, if he gets a hit off you, you're never gonna. Oh, no. You're never gonna live. Someone's gonna be talking about it on a podcast. If he gets a hit off of you, you're it. done. So, he did not take my advice. He did not hit Ross. Ross gets his first career hit. hit,
1: Knocked it out to the outfield. Closed my eyes and swung. Dude,
0: That's another, like, talking about Dan walking into the gym on me that one time. I can remember sitting there watching him like, you got that Sam. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if he strikes, if Sam strikes him out, we don't hear about it. We're not talking about it. If he hits him with the pitch, we're talking about it. If you get a hit... Should've listened to me. Should've listened. <laughs> Should've pranked me. That's probably his biggest athletic uh, career uh, regret of his life. <laughs> tried
2: to help you, Sam. <laughs>
0: tried. To, I tried to help you, brother. Uh, so sticking with, uh, we do a thing like we like our Mount Rushmore so, that we ask people. Okay. Um, just sort of we, we pick out a subject and you tell us like mm-hmm. your four best. You're thinking, but I haven't told you the subject yet, Dan So I don't know where right. where, where you're looking at right now. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, so you've been to a lot of sporting events so we're gonna want to ask you the top four sporting events that you've been to oh man oh Lord and this can be it doesn't have to be it couldn't it doesn't have to be like it was the the greatest the one you liked the most the most
2: yeah it to. came to my mind uh I think I was a senior being recruited and I went to the Illinois game they played Washington uh and washington was really highly touted they had a quarterback named sunny six killer
0: you ever hear of him no but that's a great name
2: great oh fucking wow. Name. Call, wow ross
0: i want you to call me six killer okay sunny <laughs> six
2: killer and here's what he's known for even more famously he may have gotten drafted but you know the the original movie the longest yard mm-hmm. that's him that's him he that's played burt, Sonny he was S- burt reynolds that, no well
0: no i mean burt reynolds played him
2: uh, no, he was in the movie. Oh, in, he was a oh, quarterback in the
0: movie. Oh, gotcha.
2: Yeah, huh. his name was Sunny Sixkiller. But the reason I remember it so well was he had all this big pub and whatever. So that was a, that was a biggie. All
0: right. Uh, so what, what's the next one? Uh, probably
2: in '59, I saw my first pro football game: Eagles and uh, Eagles and the Bears at Wrigley. That was a great one. Wow. '63. How'd, how'd
0: that come about?
2: Uh, my. <laughs> My best buddy growing up was Fred Smith. Freddie was huge and his dad was bigger.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And his dad drove a big old Packard. And so Fred said, Me and my dad's going to the Bears game. You wanna go with us? And I Are you kidding me? I've never been to a game in my life. And uh, he's he lived in the housing right next to me. And so uh so
0: I went up there with him. Wow. Nineteen fifty nine, that's when that's 50, when the Bears played in Wrigley. Fifty nine, they were
2: in it was in Wrigley. It was wow. great. Um
0: number three.
2: Number three. God, I'd give you a thousand of them. I know. <laughs> uh, um you're talking like pro games. Whatever
0: you want. Whatever you high want.
2: school football game are when the Eagles were in the uh we were in the quarterfinals against um Sacred Heart Griffin and lost in a <laughs> Uh, absolutely, f- the freezing game. It was the coldest game I. What, what I'd year was what here. year was this? Nick's senior year. Okay, so ninety-five or six, That's, one yeah. of the two. Ninety-five, I think. Uh, Sacred Heart beaties up there, um, uh, seventeen to seven or something like that. Man, they were loaded, mm-hmm. loaded. In fact. Two of the guys on the team, they had two defensive tackles, both 6'5", and both 275 men. They were grown grown men. And one of them is the MMA fighter, uh, big heavyweight. God dang it. Went to Purdue, All-American at Purdue. Oh, uh, Matreon? Matreon, yeah. Yeah. He was one of their tackles. The other tackle's name was, I think, Jacobson, and he was a stud, too. I think he went to, he went to like... um, Illinois, or Indiana State or something. But anyway, uh, that was a hell of a game. Uh, just That just popped in my mind, but no. And number four. World one Series games. Um number four, oh, oh. Bradley basketball. I was a, I'm a Ooh. Oh God, I could. Nice. Now we could do all kinds of
0: this. I stuff. know. Well, because you, you I could tell you four. about my
2: manual Rams, well, buddy, now, and now, what now, all.
0: Now see, now you're veering off from the four. <laughs> I see what you're doing there. You're, you're throwing in others. Okay, you, you don't get honorable mentions. Okay, you just get four. As a little
2: kid growing up in the housing, uh, anytime we went anywhere in Peoria, we caught buses. All me and my buddies. There'd be like five or six of us. Let's go down. Go down to Crow Street, catch the bus, go uptown, and you'd have to make two connections to go to Robinson Memorial Field House on Main Street where Bradley played. So we'd go, we'd go up there. We didn't have any money. We had a dime to get on the bus, <laughs> then use transfers. So we'd go up there and we'd stand at the back door and there was a, an old security guard, an old black gentleman. I mean he was sweet, big old heavy set guy. And we'd be standing there, all of us, you know, <laughs> freezing. Little housing projects kids oh, standing outside. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, we probably didn't even have coats on in the middle of winter. And, and he'd say, You boys back. And we'd go, Can we get in? And it'd be a big game, you know. Mm-hmm. They were all big games. And Bradley had an elevated floor at Robinson Memorial like this, it'd be like five feet off the ground. I think. Uh, vanderbilt has the same vanderbilt, kind Vanderbilt, minnesota yeah. so he he'd say okay i'm gonna let you boys in but stay out of the way and it was it was an old quonset huts what it was uh, stay out of the way and you can stay right over there and you'll be okay so bradley's taking on the cincinnati bearcats okay oscar robinson the big o oh, and bradley's wow. got chet the jet walker who was a, one of the greatest players I'd ever seen, six eight. He was a forward. he'd Play with the Bulls. Play with the championship Seventy uh, Sixers with uh, Doctor. With uh, no, with no, way before that. Oh. With uh, Wilt Chamberlain, Chamberlain, Hal Greer, Wally Greer, Luke Jackson, and and uh, Chet Walker. And but Chet was and our their center was our center was Joe Strotter. But anyway, we beat Cincinnati twice that year. I think I'm right and then i think cincinnati won it all so it was just those things man you just cherry those yeah as a little kid okay
0: um what would you what advice could you give a, a a kid today growing up and just wanting to be successful and making it in this world today turn off all the outside noise
2: uh work hard in school find your niche doesn't have to be to be a doctor or a lawyer whatever you're going to be be the best you can be okay and (laughs) as kind as you can be you'll draw people to you okay if you know everything already and you have all the answers and you don't need any help but that's not most people you know just give a good effort and be a winner, man, just work hard, don't ever quit working, you know I can uh you know <coughs> I always kind of wish I'd pursued boxing a little more mm-hmm. because I liked it and you know outside of getting a blood vessel broken in my nose and almost bleeding to death i <laughs> I really enjoyed it, but you know just I'd tell them just keep working man, just keep working, just like it pride. I mean, that's what you do. You're training kids to be uh, more than they even think they can be. And that's,
0: to me, that's the key. Yeah. Um, what do, what do you think about this, the generation now? Oh,
2: I think they're the probably the greatest generation ever. I think they've got more opportunity than anyone has ever had. You don't hear this a lot. No, you don't. I think... I think that given the chance and given the challenge, uh, if you give them the challenge, I think they'll meet those expectations. The problem is, most of the time, in my opinion, with adults, is we get the old. Well, when I was and I you know, I get it because <laughs> I've been there, but uh, no, I think it's the greatest generation, and I think the only thing they lack is their expectations. You know, you've got, I weighed 272 pounds the other morning, okay? I want to get down to 250. Well, I can wish all I want, but until I mm-hmm. discipline myself to start eating right, and maybe exercise a little bit, I'm not going to get to 250.
0: As so sergeant, i've dropped as, seven
2: pounds this month
0: nice hey <laughs> or this week i mean as sergeant margaret says wish in one hand and shit in the
2: other That's, and see which one fills up first <laughs> you, you to were that.
1: killing the workouts and everything there for a while i right?
2: was until COVID hit yeah, yeah. and when COVID hit uh, i've gained about 15 pounds of, which i've always had a problem you know with weight i mean who doesn't i guess but you know, we, we quit going up the leisure world, right. and I loved it. I'll be honest with you. I enjoyed it. And I I think I'd even mention to you, I'd always wanted to find a boxing workout that I could. Well, after having surgery on my foot for an Achilles heel, I can't get up on my toes anymore. So the greatest way to lose, I could skip rope with anybody. I'm not just saying that, but I loved it. It mm-hmm. was just invigorating man i like skipping rope i watched uh as a kid floyd patterson and marciano and these guys skipping rope and i thought man we want to do it i saw more boxing films by the time i was 15 from our coaches one night a week was you watch films and learned i like that it was great great. i love that
1: so and i can't can't let you get out of here without bringing up our man Gary Boss and his, oh, his big win into thank Bethalto, you thank and you Bethalto Mayor Gary
2: uh, sorry as you get old your nose runs more but anyway Gary um, it's funny I coached Gary when he was I think he was eight that's uh, <laughs> when I first came to town and his dad Howard and Marilyn God rest both their souls great people um, Gary pitched for me on our boys club team first boys club team we'd ever had and he was good i mean he really was good and gary if you're listening i'm just saying this for you but anyway <laughs> it's the way you wrote it uh no i'm kidding he was he was tremendous and then, and then he worked for me mm-hmm. for jeez six seven years i'm not sure how many he was phenomenal he was great, that was in great. my
1: prime of coming up yeah. your you're club, exactly yeah. right
2: and and i'll tell you what he here's what i liked about gary he was fair mm-hmm. i mean we had kids who as you know it's like why are you giving that kid a chance well because maybe he deserves one or maybe he hadn't had any <laughs> yeah so let's give him a chance and gary was that's just the way gary was and he's he was kind-hearted he's smart Um uh, he's going to be a tremendous mayor i i i think i think so too and he's he's understanding he'll gary's the kind that uh if you have a problem or you have a situation that you may disagree with him you know go talk to him because that's the way he is that's the way he's made
1: and uh yeah, I'm. I'm really happy for him. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited for it.
0: I feel like we don't want to. We just want to keep holding Dan here. We don't want. <laughs> I'm, I'm bringing up one more thing. Okay.
1: we can't, you're not holding me. <laughs> I've got. I've,
0: we can't. Uh, we can't let him out here without bringing up the, the fact that our brother Ty won uh, Boys Club uh, <laughs> the personal youth, of youth of the Year, Youth of the Year, buddy. Yeah. yeah. So and Ty also worked for you. He was also. He did. You you hired not him. long.
2: I wish he could have stayed there longer, but he had other
0: plans and yeah
2: you know he wanted to teach he wanted to coach and i mean what, what do you remember right. about ty from from you there? don't even i tell you what <laughs> Talk, Talk, seriously <laughs> my nose running should tell you something todd i can remember uh todd would come in the club during the winter and nose just running he was <laughs> ty, just a little ty. guy or ty, I mean, yeah and he would come in his little nose <laughs> just <laughs> running red i mean you couldn't get any redder than that and I had had that basketball and doing whatever. But so as he's growing older, you know, he's in our Keystone Club and uh we we go to Indianapolis to see the uh Pacers play the uh play the uh, Detroit Pistons. And they had Lambeer, McGuire, they had that was The Bad Boys. They had Atlanta. they had what's his name? Uh Rodman. Weirdo Rodman and all these so so and Indianapolis had uh miller the rifleman chuck pearson Uh, they had the dunking dutchman rick smith you're exactly right seven (laughs) foot four and here's the thing about rick smiths they let me with my group in early before the game started Mm -hmm. yeah going down by courtside so we're all standing courtside here's the basket right here smiths is doing his stretches standing under the basket with his hands against the backboard, stretching (laughs) out his back and i'm like holy! yeah i mean i've seen big guys before but anyway so so uh we were in the hotel joe gibbons is in in our keystone group and he and ty i think they were rooming together if i remember right and ty had broken a wrist Or something.
1: He had a cast on. Yeah, Todd's looking away. That means Todd broke Ty's wrist. It was an
0: accident.
2: (laughs) So he had a cast on. Well, little Joe Gibbons. If you know Joe, squirrely as the day is long, and the most unathletic human being. (laughs) And I love him. I'm just. I'm just kidding. He's a he's a golf coach now in Texas. Shows you how much they play golf in Texas. But anyway. So he and Joe, one day, I, I'm, I I don't know, I'm r- 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 getting all the kids out of their rooms. Let's go to our sessions. <laughs> and I go in, and those two are wrestling or fighting on the beds. And Ty reaches, <laughs> Ty reaches up with the cast on his hand and casts Joe right across <laughs> the forehead.
0: <laughs> Dan called it casting.
2: He <laughs> casted him. <laughs> which means he scraped every inch of skin off his forehead.
0: Uh, oh, I taught him, "Well."
2: <laughs> and, and, and so I'm yelling at him and Ty's laughing. He thinks it's hilarious and jokes <laughs> trying to clear his eyes. But no, uh, Ty Ty's one of my favorite ever. Yeah. And he's I'm, one of know. everybody's favorite. Well, he, he just is. He's, he's just,
0: just a good guy. He
2: just you know. is and I always found him to be funny. I think he's a, Okay, he's
0: not funny. Good guy, but not He's funny, a Dad. <laughs> I
1: love it. Last thing I got. Uh-oh. Um, this is uh, – pro- besides you letting me in when I was five to play full court Bulls versus Lakers, um, my senior year of basketball, my mm. uh, mm. team was terrible. And it was my dream. I mean, growing up all – because of my brother Ty and Jonathan Denny, I wanted nothing more but to be on a great CM basketball team. I thought that was the world, you know and we were terrible and uh so like it was so hard you know i so frustrating and it just broke my heart that, that we were bad and i never lived up to how good those teams were um and yeah todd i'm talking about basketball again but um at the end of the year you know i'm, I'm totally depressed by the end of the year um didn't didn't know if i wanted to play college basketball I mean, Obviously, you had a great year just the team you did yeah, yeah yeah yep and so uh, I don't know, a week or two after the season's over um i get a letter in the mail Yeah, you know, I getting a letter it was from dan and he had cut out some of my um a newspaper article or something and then wrote me a letter you know and he, and, and, and i remember in the letter you know he's just talking me up about the year disappointment but how good i you know how proud he was of me and all this um and uh <laughs> it, yeah i remember in it you know his he said you know my so me and his older son, Nick were close because he worked at the club and mm-hmm. that stuff, and um he goes, you know my, my my boy Nick told me I had to get out and see you, and Dan was he right you're you were a hell of a player, you know, and I remember like crying over this letter yeah and it making it mm. meaning so much to me that you know I hadn't seen Dan in a few years, and you know mm. it wasn't that same mentor he was when I was a little kid, but I had no idea he was still going to watch me play and and, mm. and, and, and it just meant the world to me that. Thank you, Thank you, Lord.
0: Think, think, think about how many kids got handwritten letters like that. Yeah. We don't know. About. I didn't know about yours. I mean, yeah. think about it. Yeah. We got to let him get out of here. We got to get out of here. Dan, for, for I want to. I've got one thing. Heart. Okay,
2: if I could, um, I my number one hero in my life is my mother. Obviously, that's I mean, tough as anybody you've ever. Real quick story on her. One morning she told me. Set the trashes, uh, trash cans out at the curb. That's the way it is in the housing. And I said, have Wally do it, my little brother. Mm. Pop. Just like that. <laughs> I'm 16 years old. And I, I looked at her, and, she's, and she had just came off of working midnights. And she said, I've got a better left hand than Joe Lewis. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> and I went, okay. And I was shocked. I just, But she she had never done that normally. I caught her (laughs) in a bad moment. (laughs) But anyway, she was my hero. Two others that I can't, I've got to tell you about is, and I won't go on, is Jojo Hanson, the first boys club director in Peoria, was a former head basketball coach at Toledo, uh, Toledo University. Wonderful guy. Started the club. He's everything I had ever wanted to be. And then the second one was Ed Jusowicz, the my second director. And he ended up being the director down at the East St. Louis Boys and Girls Club. And uh, I miss them both. They're both gone now and just wonderful people. So I want to give them a shout out. That's all.
0: What? as much as you want to thank them we want to thank you absolutely I know the whole locks family i mean anybody i, I kind of talked to about you know about you coming on here brandon waters everybody wanted to just, oh, like just Lord. everybody you know like the low ones everybody just want to say like oh he touched me so much and i mean i don't i don't know if you realize it realize like all the influence <sighs> the impact or the impact you've had over the years but i know i wouldn't i wouldn't be who i am today without you know the things you did and you didn't even you, you didn't even realize it you know what i'm saying i'm probably as i tell you that story about you welcoming me in being a new kid from you know from a, a pig farm you probably had no idea <laughs> about you know you, you know you don't think about it yeah. you were just you know being a good person and and man, i was lucky lucky a lot in my life so
2: yeah. well
0: you know thanks thanks for what you've done in our lives thanks for coming on uh, what you've
2: podcast. done in the community well, I enjoy it. I've enjoyed this little talk show, and <laughs> and hope it's well, hope I haven't said anything wrong. I'm sure somebody will say, "Well, you didn't." What well, I don't know, anyway. Thank you, guys, both Thanks. of you, and I love your place. I'm telling you, the brick house is unbelievable. I was telling Ross when you had gone out for a second that there's no place in Alton or Edwardsville or anywhere else that is part of this. It's beautiful. It's wonderful.
1: Is it's done a, be a great
0: job of bringing the community together. Unreal. Which is what I unreal.
1: It's awesome. Yep. So I agree. Oh. All right. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Dan. We appreciate it, brother.
2: Hey guys, anytime.
1: Uh welcome back to the little wrap up show. Um our our man, Dan Smith. The man, seriously. The man. The guy is um a lot of people that they, they don't realize you know, the Boys and Girls Club is different than what it was back in the day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't realize what it was back in the day, but nor do a lot of people realize he's the man who made it yes. like it was that we remember. And, and exactly. I mean, it was just and that, he- how, how the impact the Boys and Girls Club had on my life. It's unexplainable. Yes. You know, I I lived right next door. to It was my backyard. Our buildings were attached. Mm-hmm. I was there from... As soon as school was over, it was how fast could you get there? If it was the summertime, you woke up, we went right there. Came home and you ate a little lunch or something. You know, came home and you ate dinner and you're there until 9 o'clock. Oh, it was so fun. It was so fun.
0: Um, you know, he's been gone from the club a long time. And so a lot of people don't really know who he is anymore. But, man, like but what we talked about, his impact is still carrying on. Oh, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I like to think that I use a little bit the way – because he used to be – he would use a lot of humor. He was nice, but he was firm and when it was time not to be nice, he could really uh, you know, he could you knew he meant business and you knew to to shut up or whatever, or get yourself right yeah. whenever whenever he got
1: yeah. he got mad. You know, when I when I when I first started going to the club you saw him quite a bit. Then kind of in my prime years, junior high years, high school, like he wasn't it was it was a well oiled machine. Gary Boss was the, his athletic director, so mm-hmm. Gary was really the one out there all the time that that I saw. You know, he was. Dan then was doing a lot of office work and behind the scenes work. You didn't see him really out in the club that much. Um, but I'm telling you, like that letter that he sent to me meant a ton at the time. That, that just where I was in my life after the disappointment. Just I, it was it was a long letter, and it just it the impact that letter had on me, like.
0: And like, like I said, during the show is like, I didn't know about that. I mean, if he's writing you that and you had been away from him, you said you hadn't really seen, him been around that much in those years, right up to that. But like, how many other people did he write those letters
1: to? Absolutely.
0: You know what I'm saying? Everyone, you know, doing certain, you know, like I I gave the story about when I first moved here and and so many people have stories like that, you know, it's just, it was awesome. and. I, dude, I seriously, I was not, I was not just being overdramatic with him coming in. And when I was training those kids, the first time he came in, dude, I was nervous, man. And I remember telling him, I said, what the, what are you, you're not a little kid. You're yeah. a goddamn adult. <laughs> Get yourself I, together.
1: I really liked his, uh, his answer and his perspective on, um, when you asked him what he thought about this generation.
0: Not the direction I, I thought it was going to go. I love that. I love I, that I, answer. I did too. Not yeah. the direction at all that we said. You know, and I think he downplayed like his his childhood, like how how much they struggled. You know, twelve kids. Your dad dies when you're three. Oh, he moved yeah. into housing projects. You know, I know I know a lot more than than we brought up in this, but yeah. I mean, he really rose from the ashes, and you know what I'm saying, I and mean, did great things, man
1: rose from the ashes and impacted thousands and thousands of kids
0: right you You know know. and 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 he talked about moving to the housing project was the best thing yeah you know i'm saying he knew that that's made him what he was you know get that struggle and that you know so man that that was fun
1: hey we love state champions and we love all staters
0: (laughs) yes we do yes we do so
1: uh, thanks for listening. This has been the Eat, Slay, Live podcast.
0: And we are the Executioners. Slay on, brother.
1: Slay on.